Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Craft Brewed Sports. I am your co-host Scott. With me, as always, is my main man Mike, and this is Craft Brewed Sports. Mike, let's tap this keg of sports knowledge. You pump up for? Yeah. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Week number two of the pumpkin. Yeah, tournament. dude. Yeah, I'm trying to shake. A, I'm beat from being in Vegas this week. Oh, like first world problems, huh? Mentally beat. Uh, financially beat yeah first world problems. <laughs> my liver's beat telling the t- telling the listeners why the terrorists hate us <laughs> oh it's been a week in vegas oh, life's so tough. hard it was really hard no <laughs> had i had to throw away disposable income i just <laughs> i figured you would like to know that uh my terrible picks for miss cleo carry over to uh betting in vegas because i i missed both parts of a two-game parlay yesterday when I bet on the Rangers and the Red Sox. You lost the bet because of what's-his-face? Lost the bet because of what's-his-face. <laughs> Way to go. What's-his-face really fucked me on that one. <laughs> That's okay because what's-his-face sucked in that game, and then the Asian guy sucked tonight. <laughs> so the the two guys that I couldn't remember their names, There's a Cole reason Hamels for it. and yeah. you Darvish, There's it a reason for turns it. out that didn't need to remember the names because Toronto... Cox left them both. Fucking assholes. So. You sons of bitches. But hey, man, it's it's all good. I, it's I, pumpkin beer time. So. Yeah, Niners lost two times since the last time we recorded, <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> not, not too often I can sit down and say, all right, well, two more losses in the books. <laughs> taking, taking a dickin' for Deshaun is going according to plan. It's definitely working. I mean, you, you coined that. Well, early into the show, yes, and it's working out very well for you, my oh, friend. This season sucks. <laughs> do you still want to go with Deshaun, or do you want to go with a different quarterback now? I don't. I just want to go with somebody who will win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, just anybody. But it's got to be a quarterback at this point. I really, if they figure, unless they get Rams, Redskins type offers, where you know it's just like here's our next twelve first round draft picks, yeah, and we'll switch spots in the first round. Then yeah, I don't. Want to move out of it? How would you feel if uh, because Todd McShay says that his top quarterback, Brad Kaya? uh, No, it was Deshaun Kaiser. I I don't know. I feel like they they moved him up way too fast. Yeah, they did. Yeah, (laughs) I mean after that first (laughs) Texas game, I mean I know he was pretty much not even on the radar. All the preseason, it was either Watson or Kaya for everything that I saw. So I'm not really sure why he jumped up there. I'll wait till the end of the season. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I like the last name. I, I would, it would be nice to it, it would be nice to hear every Sunday Kaiser with the pass and another Toledo boy. Yes, You'd have a Toledo. Although boy. it would suck if his, if he blows and it's just like oh, everybody wants Kaiser out of town. Well, Kaiser, you'd, sucks you'd be all right with Cali. it because you'd be like, well, of course, because he's from Notre Dame, so fuck him. 
So no, you'd be... because Joe Montana was from Notre Dame. And <laughs> once you get to the league, I don't care. I don't care where you played. I just want to win. That's the that's the thing about not having a college team. You don't give a shit about allegiances. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about, speaking of winning, we are in week two of our pumpkin beer tournament. Yes. Last week, we had Fathead Spooky Tooth upset. Uh, it wasn't an upset. They were the no, yeah, they were the favorite. They beat uh, Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. This week, we got more drama. More drama in the tournament. <laughs> this tournament is not without it's, its twists and turns. Look, everybody, we tried to do this as fair as possible, and shit got fucked up. Uh, <laughs> we, we didn't really plan ahead. So here's... A recap for everybody that may have missed last week's show. Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale was our number one seed. Most Got the votes, most votes. Uh, from you, the listeners. However, there was a recall of Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Just Ale. Just before we were going to do the show. Right before the show, yeah. it was announced, hey, this isn't in store anymore because it didn't meet our standards. So we disqualified it and moved Weyerbacher. Everybody moved up one. Yeah. Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin Ale moved up to number one, and that brought Rivertown Pumpkin Ale into our four seed. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, it's very tough to find Weyerbacher in Cincinnati currently. Went to five different <laughs> locations You today. went to five. I went to eight. I got hung up on by uh, two stores. So Jeez. we could not find Weyerbacher anywhere. We tried. Uh, we, not yeah. We gave it more than the college effort. However, in our search for Weyerbacher, <laughs> I, I stumbled on uh, the somebody, original number one seed. Yes. Uh, just in true WWE match fashion, <laughs> Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale comes running down <laughs> the ramp and gets into the ring and starts stunning everybody. So Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale is back in the tournament as our number one seed. Yes. Weyerbacher has been disqualified because we, we can't. Find it buy it anywhere yeah <laughs> I, and we did we, I we tried. tried i even asked the place to order it for me they were like yeah we totally should have had that sorry that's our bad like, yeah nah, you're fine then like either it's sold out or they didn't order it uh because it wasn't there but either way the rock version of our <laughs> like the people's champ <laughs> kentucky pumpkin barrel ale is now back in the tournament back at in number one. at number one yeah gets gets put right back in its seed uh against pumpkin yeah, against Rivertown's Pumpkin Ale. Rivertown uh, from Cincinnati, Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale out of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so we're starting with the Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale since that's the higher seed. The higher seed. What do you think so far? It's interesting so far. <laughs> I, it, the very first drink, I felt like I tasted a little... It was very metallic. I feel like I got a taste of the bottle cap. I, I it's kind of squeamish after yeah. that first sip because I'm like, oh, this isn't very good. But after a few sips, it's changed, and I got the I got the flavor. It's definitely different. I mean, having the bourbon in there was always going to change the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. Um, not nearly as much spice flavor. The the pumpkin is kind of muted a little bit by the by the bourbon. bourbon. Yeah. But it's not a heavy bourbon flavor. It doesn't overwhelm. You can still taste the pumpkin. But it's just, it's a different combination. It's, it's definitely different than any other pumpkin beer I've ever had. Yeah, um, easily. Now, I will say that going into this, I've said several times, you can put anything in a bourbon barrel, an <laughs> agent, and I am on board. My wife tested me on that and got bourbon barrel-aged wine, mm. and it was great. I was, was like, it? this is awesome. So, Was it white I, or red? It was a red. Okay. Um, that's about all I know about it. I don't know what type of red i just know it uh tasted a little bit like bourbon at the end and that was nice uh, <laughs> but this beer off the jump i'm i'm on board so far 
It, it's got yeah. a good flavor. You're right. It, it, the pumpkin is a little bit more muted. If you've ever had the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale before, it's almost like that with a different aftertaste mm-hmm. is the best way I can describe this. Yeah. If you've had one of those and you can say, okay, all right, I know what the regular Kentucky bourbon barrel ale tastes like. It, it just tastes like that and it finishes different. But not a bad finish, just, you know, different. No, definitely not bad. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it stacks up against yeah. Rivertown, and we will be sure to update you uh, in the episode once we switch over to Rivertown and get into that beer. But before we do that, it's time to check in on today's top stories and head on in to the upper deck. Bill paying time. That's right, Scott. It is Bill Payton time because Upper Deck, as always, is brought to you by Audible.com. Fans of Craft Brood Sports can test out Audible's service with a free 30-day trial offer that includes a free audiobook download. No strings attached. Even if you cancel your trial within the 30 days, you still get to keep the audiobook. We recommend How to Win at the Sport of Business. If you can do it, you can do it by Mark Cuban. Yes, that Mark Cuban. It's If I Can Do It, You Can Do It. Oh, it is if I can do it. <laughs> it's funny that you did that because the first time I read it, I, I read the same thing. If you can do it, you can do it. I'm like, that's a weird title. Oh, I. If I, I can well, do it, you I can just do figured it. it was Mark Cuban being Mark Cuban. Does he narrate this book too on Audible? Not entirely sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I go just check saw it that out, he was everybody. the author. So Okay. <laughs> and, uh, we really studied up hard for, for this week's <laughs> Audible pitch. Yeah, I mean, we recommend it. Haven't actually indulged in it. but I'm going to blame it all on the Vegas hangover. <laughs> Any mess up this show is just going to be blamed on the Vegas hangover. It sounds like a good one. So somebody go out there and check it out. Use your free trial and uh, give it a listen. Let, us, Let know. us know how it was. And all you have to do to get that free 30-day trial and free audiobook is head on over to audibletrial.com slash craftrootsports. That's audibletrial.com slash craftrootsports. Or you can head on over to our website, craftrootsports.com, and click up top the Audible Trial link. Beautiful. Uh, do that, please. Yes. We, we've had a little bit of a falling off on that, so go check yeah. it out. It's Help free. us out. It supports the show. You get, a, you get a free book. It's all worth it. Things are better for everybody. Exactly. So let's get into news from this week. Uh, Team USA won its first Ryder Cup Woo-hoo! since 2008. That's crazy to me. USA. USA. (laughs) That was uh, from 2008 to 2016 was the longest losing streak the Americans have suffered in the Ryder Cup. They've never gone that long of a losing streak. But they did win with a dominant 17 to 11 win over the Europeans. That is an ass kicking at the Ryder Cup. That's not even close. They jumped out to a 4-0 lead after the first session. And I was like, ooh, this is the year. <laughs> they are going to put some shit down. Because they got embarrassed last uh, last Ryder Cup two yeah, years they, ago. They got yeah, beat they did. really bad. Um, and they, they made it their mission. Like, Mickelson was like, no, we're not letting that happen again. Uh, and they didn't. They really came out and, and crushed it this year. So good for you, Ryder Cup team. Well, I was looking up some things after that because I heard a few stats and heard the whole, you know, having one since 2008. It made me think, wait a minute, with all those years of Tiger. Well, Tiger wasn't even on the team in 2008. Yeah. And when Tiger was, you know, playing in the Ryder Cup, he went 13, 17, and 3. And his only win came in 99. Like, how crazy is that? I think it's just so much. It, there's so much pressure on him to be the one that carries the team. Like this team, if you look at this Ryder Cup team, there wasn't anybody that you point to as like, oh, the that's guy. that's the guy that's yeah. going to win it for you. 
Um, you had a, a bunch of guys who were good and played well together and got favorable matchups, but there wasn't like, hey, it's all on you, man. We need you to, to win it for us. Well, and maybe it's one of those things where he's so good individually that coming that doing something on a team is such a different dynamic for him that it completely yeah. throws everything off. That's like, true. That's the only thing I could think of that would make sense for why they didn't yeah, win more times. Point. I mean, you just assume, oh, best golf, golfer in the world for like a decade. They would have won multiples and lots in a row, but... You know, there was also, during that time when Tiger was the most dominant golfer, there really wasn't else shit out there. Like, he was really dominant, but the rest of the field the rest was of the team pretty was shitty. Ass, like, yeah. you had Phil Mickelson, and then after that, it was like, <laughs> hot garbage. So, <laughs> so maybe that's why Tiger didn't do too well, because they were like, well, we got Tiger, uh, and this guy that we found at a, a Mike and Scott, club. come on, we got Tiger. <laughs> you two just show up. <laughs> So there you go. Congrats, Team USA. Yes, always congrats to Team USA for anything we win. Woo! (laughs) Uh, Moving on to the NFL and another week. More dumb shit. But (laughs) more dumb shit from the NFL offices, of course, because Josh Norman, he of the Washington Redskins, drew a flag after his first interception this week for unsportsmanlike conduct. After the pick... He was near his own sideline and made a gesture like he was shooting a bow and arrow. May have seen this. And for some reason, it was called a penalty. Which, there's been some pretty dumb dumb penalties called in the NFL on taunting. Uh, Last night, to me, this was more, I'm like, okay, I could see why that was taunting. Uh, Carlos Hyde, after a big run, got up and stood there and like flexed in front of a few of the Arizona players. Yeah. And they called taunting. And I knew as soon as he did it, I'm like, well, there's going to be a flag. And that felt like, all right, that's a little bit closer to taunting. It's still ridiculous because right. it wasn't, you know, anything egregious. But in the spirit of what they're trying to accomplish, I understood that one. Whereas standing on your sidelines and pretending to shoot a bow and arrow just in the air. Yeah, randomly, not even add some. Like, I could get. Yeah. Like, I know they were cracking down on, like, oh, you can't, like, do the throat slit sign to yeah, somebody. Yeah, if he had stood or, up and acted like he was shooting a bow and arrow on somebody's face, boom. Yeah, yeah okay. Penalize I'll, I'll them give, under your stupid terms. Right. He's on his sideline shooting it into the air. Like,. I don't get it. That's the that's so dumb to me. It, there's no difference between that and when a wide receiver makes a play and then gets up and signals first signals down. first down. Yeah. That, how is that any different? No, than, I mean it's not. But this again, you know, them legislating any type of fun and personality out. That's another reason why the ratings so are down. Stupid, Roger Goodell. Fans enjoy that stuff. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not blatant and over the top, just silliness. I don't understand why they can't let them just have some personality. Yeah. Make it... I mean, you've got to realize that your sport is a form of entertainment. Yes, so it is let entertainment. Them, let them be entertaining. <laughs> stupid, uh, stupid stuff. But speaking of dumb shit that the NFL did, uh, at this point, we might need a whole new segment, Scott. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> we're going to have to just be like... Uh, this is bigger than the NFL <laughs> off-season dumb shit that the players do. Yeah, so we talked uh, last week about why there's a ratings decline. Uh, and in an attempt to not make the NFL great again, here's another little nugget for this. The NFL will now fine teams for putting out too much video on social media. 
So we've all, everybody follows their team, and then after a highlight, a touchdown, they will post a video yeah, of Tweet it out, uh, set, put it yeah, on and, Facebook. And yeah. then, like immediately, right. really. But it's not even more than, you know, the play, and right. that's it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but starting October 12th, teams are now subject to fines for exceeding video limit and other moving content. So does that include. GIFs? Yes. No, it does. Anything that's not a still image is included in that. How do they count a GIF? Because that just loops forever. So couldn't that technically run out all of your... Yeah, no, it never Well, we're just going to start the stopwatch. That's it. That GIF is still going. (laughs) You can't post anything next week either. Which Uh, is how stupid this rule is. Yeah. Uh, So here's the fines. $25,000, $50,000, and $100,000 for the first three offenses. So... (laughs) After that, the teams could also lose the rights to post any of the content moving forward. (laughs) No, you will not promote our league and our game and make people want to watch by putting our video out there. Not unless they've paid... $300 $300 for the DirecTV package or, now, you know, Now, some retweet other. the link of Twitter streaming the Thursday night football game, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> I don't oh, Unbelievable. So yeah, that, that, that's probably the stupid part. Hey, we give away our product for free every Thursday night. But in between that, we don't want you showing any video of tweet it. any of the games or rather, well, you can show it, but only up to the certain amount. Did they say what the amount was? No. I didn't look to see. I, yeah, no, I couldn't find you what know the it's amount was. Be some it just said a, bullshit amount. Yeah, it just said the regulated amount. Like, I'm, I'm sure that it's already been circulated within league circles. Like, hey, here's the cutoff point. Yeah. And that wasn't in the memo for this. This was just, hey, we're going to start finding you guys. That's so stupid to me. So Unbelievable. Stupid. It's the opposite of trying to grow the game. It really is. Yes. It's, hey, there's a ton of ton of viewers who are cutting the cord and they get their news through social media i mean here we are trying to promote our show yeah and it's constantly like what can we tweet out what can we say what can we retweet what can yeah how can we get our name out there more uh, you know how can this grow through using social media and hopefully somebody picks it up and, and goes with it whatever that's how you get more eyeballs on things. That's yeah. how you would think that if the ratings are down, they get more people interested or get them back to watching it. I'm, but here they are saying, nah. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Scott, because uh, I've been meaning to have a talk with you. I need you to limit the uh, <laughs> amount of tweets we send yeah, out from the page. Can you do, like, yeah. like we're way over. Uh, next time, like if it's more than uh, the tweets, I'm going to need you to give me five bucks. Fair enough. All right. If and it after happens that, again, 15. Yeah. And then if it happens again, I, I'm revoking your rights to tweet about the show. God. <laughs> That's how dumb that, that it's is. It's stupid. <laughs> telling teams to not promote the league that you they're can't, in. Like, I, you can't Telling make that teams shit up. to not promote their own product. Like, that too. That it's but their overall, team. it's the league. Right. The <laughs> yeah. league benefits I mean, from it. The team benefits from it. Like that is. It's a win-win. Yeah. I don't but get it. No. I don't get it at all. It's not like there's people fucking sitting on Twitter like, I'm not going to watch this game. I'm just going to wait for my team to post a highlight. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Sweet. Yeah. That's None. not how that fucking works. Are they, no. Is Goodell that stupid? I, apparently. He has no idea what people do on Twitter. <laughs> <sighs> well, moving on. Here's a fantastic story, and it features one of my favorite 49ers of all time. So Steve Young has a book coming out soon. And while we do hope that it's featured on Audible.com, 
extra shameless plug there for you. Uh, the recent excerpt that has hit the rounds in recent week on Twitter and other social media, Roger, um, <laughs> it's too priceless not to share. But apparently, uh, Young was a, still a young buck. No, literally. This was when he was beginning his career with the Buccaneers before being traded to the 49ers. A referee tried to convince him to date his daughter. Wait for it. During a game. That's amazing. During That's a game. That's so amazing. But I, I, I can't do this justice without actually reading the excerpt, excerpt so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Anyway, so from Steve Young's book, it starts, uh, I'm in the huddle when the head referee taps me on the shoulder. Can I talk to you for a second, he says. I step away from the huddle. <laughs> hey, listen, my daughter's going to BYU, he whispers. Next thing I know, he starts trying to convince me that I should meet his daughter. I'd like you to take her out, he says. Steve Young, I cannot believe this. We're in the middle of a, a game. Uh, okay, I said. Uh, what's her name? He tells me, and I return to the huddle. Late in the game, we're down 31-20-3, and I'm trying to mount a comeback. I scramble out of the pocket and take a brutal hit. It causes me to fumble just before the whistle blows to stop the play. I am lying on the ground when the defense recovers the loose ball, all but sealing our defeat. Suddenly out of nowhere, and for all of you, you know, conspiracy <laughs> theorists out there, here you go. Suddenly out of nowhere, a yellow flag lands next to me. The referee, whose daughter is headed to BYU, calls a personal foul on the defense. First down Tampa Bay. I get up and brush myself off. Then the ref walks past me and whispers, she likes Italian food. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> How nuts is that? First of all, how pathetic do you feel if you're this woman and you find out that your dad was out here trying to pimp you out during a game? In Try- the middle of a game. Yeah, trying to, you know, man, I mean, she's just... She just can't secure a dude, and I mean, I'm just trying to help her out, man. You, you got to do me a solid here. <laughs> the only thing that would make that better is like he's coming up to the line on third down, and the referee like calls a timeout, like a, a ref timeout, and he like pulls out a picture, and he's like, "Here, just take yeah, a look at her right? one time. Just yeah. see, look at the jugs on this one, right? You should check her out." <laughs> but I feel like something something similar. I mean, he had to have probably described her or something. Yeah, I mean, he's trying pretty hard if he's telling. Favorite food for God's sakes. She likes Italian food. <laughs> I love that story. That is fantastic. <laughs> I just like I'm. I, and don't worry, man. I got you. Here's a flag. <laughs> now uh, I uh, expect you to yeah, hear. Now, now uh, you better treat her right after that. Right. Oh, and <laughs> there's plenty more flags where that came from. If you get my drift. <laughs> and, and, and playing things out. So what if he did go and date the daughter? What if things went well? Next thing you know, it's like, you were sitting here courting potentially your future son-in-law. Like, how weird is that? How? Oh. No, it, well, this guy, this ref seems like the type of douchebag that would be sitting there walking his daughter down the aisle like, yeah, I fucking did this. I made this happen. This well, is all because of me. Okay, and it, I'm sitting there thinking of it from Steve Young's point. What if you say no? Then aren't you worried that anytime yeah. that that dude anytime refs, he's got your yeah team, your game like it's like well, was that call real or right. was he just doing that because I didn't take his daughter out? Yeah, like, yeah, because clearly talk about this the huge guy showed, yeah. of interest. Clearly, this guy showed that he'll just do whatever he wants to. Yeah, get, like, she likes it. So remember flag. the next time you see a yellow flag fly, that it might be because somebody is trying to you know the, one of the refs was trying to get somebody to date their daughter. <laughs> On the team that didn't get the call, I've always, I've always wondered like when you see the the players go up to the ref and the ref like kind of pushes them away, but they're like still talking to them. 
now I know. It's like, uh, my daughter likes Italian food. <laughs> but pretend no, no, like, not pretend like I'm pushing you away. Italian food. <laughs> All right, so let's since we're talking about relationships, let's talk about a pretty weird story. Bow, that broke. Bow, bow. <laughs> Rick Flair, the nature boy. Rick Woo! <laughs> he, uh, he came out this week and said that he smashed Halle Berry. <laughs> 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 Apparently after her breakup with David Justice, uh, Halle Berry says that Flair is full of it. Who's telling the truth? Who cares? This is amazing. <laughs> uh, Glenn Pleasant, f- friend of the show, yes. former guest, he's, uh, the was the one who, yeah, yeah. he's the one who tipped me off to this story. It was and on I hadn't a, heard it. It was a radio it. show where they were like, they, the guy was like, so anybody taking a ride on It was Space Rick Mountain? Flair's radio show. That was Rick Flair's? I thought he had called into a radio show. Oh, no. From what I thought, I read, it was... On the Ric Flair oh, show, that's like he amazing. has his own radio show, and it somehow came up. Like, that's amazing. Oh, that's hey. even more amazing. Yes. for him to be like, all right, I've, I, I, that's going to be a new craft brood sports segment. Just girls written space mountain. Girls we've <laughs> girls we've taken to space mountain, <laughs> but it's just going to be literally like people we've ridden the ride with. <laughs> <laughs> And I've never even ridden Space Mountain, well, so well, there you go. Scott's out already. <laughs> Ends that segment. I wrote it with my aunt, so that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how funny, and how random is this, too? Like Years later, no context, yeah. no nothing. Like, Halle Berry's not really in the news now. Ric Flair no. is, you know, only in the news if you're a hardcore wrestling guy. He's well past, yeah. you know, his days of super popularity. But it's just like, hey, hey, remember this one time? I banged Halle Berry. <laughs> Whoa, how's that just coming out of nowhere? I love it. You talk about burying the lead forever. <laughs> also, I heard that if the timeline is correct and he did this when he says he did, he would have been married to a second wife with two kids. So, Whoopsies. Yeah. Well, he's now on like his fourth or fifth wife or something. So, you know, that one didn't end up well anyway. But Rick Flair didn't. He wasn't faithful? No. Shocked. I, I know. Shocked. Not the nature boy. That's crazy. No way. Um, do you think he took his alligator shoes off? That's my question. I, I hope not. <laughs> I would leave them on. I hope not. Because <laughs> Haley was probably like, oh, let's do this. And he's just sitting there with his now I laid a gators on, going to town. Woo! All night. Oh, Fantastic. Uh, so good on you, Ric Flair. Uh, yes, Berry. congratulations. I got some questions about you now. <laughs> Beer goggles. It was a younger Ric Flair. Got that. It was, yeah. It's before he got all saggy. (laughs) (laughs) He is super saggy now. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you do steroids for so long and then... And get old at the same time. And stop lifting. Yeah. Uh, That's been Upper Deck, brought to you as always by Audible.com. That was one of our best Upper Decks. (laughs) That was great. Fantastic. Book Uh, excerpts and Ric Flair banging... I have a terrible image of Ric Flair now banging Halle Berry then. Yes. That's that's how that picture's in my head. And it's awful. Wrinkly (laughs) balls. Gross. (laughs) Oh, shit. So we were talking about the Ryder Cup, Scott. And uh, every time I see the Ryder Cup, it always makes me think... if you've never watched the Ryder Cup, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. It is one of the most entertaining golf matches, which I know sounds weird Completely to say. different animal from all the other yes. golf matches you watch. It is extremely entertaining. Watch. The crowd is into it. They're chanting shit. Uh, there was actually a dude that was thrown out because he was heckling Rory McIlroy so much 
that Rory was like, get this guy out. I guess he like was getting very vulgar in between tees. <laughs> this is like the happy Gilmore fans yes. showing up to watch a yes. golf event. Yes. And then they're like, they're, there's just so much shit talk to the players. And it there's, like I said, they're chanting, they're cheering. The European fans always do the, uh, like the soccer chants while they're, they're the guys. Olay chant? Yes, that's the one See, I, I never watch for. the Europeans whenever they're up. That's usually when I change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's a really cool vibe, and I think the reason why the Ryder Cup is, is that cool vibe is two, two things. First of all, it's team play. Mm-hmm. So it's not just individuals. And then second of all, it's match play instead of stroke play. So you get a unique view of golf. These guys might not even play all 18 holes. Mm-hmm. You technically only have to play 10 holes and the match is done. You could win after 10 holes and it's over. And you get to see guys like giving putts to the other team. Like it's like, yeah, that one's good. Pick it up. And it's more along the lines of what regular people play when they play golf. Yeah. So it's like watching it's, your buddies and yeah, yourself only they're, only they're way better than you. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying it's like the format right. of exactly. just you and your friends yeah, going you're just out hanging out. And, yeah. Yeah. And you're talking shit to each other and like <laughs> making fun of your moms, apparently. <laughs> um, but my question then becomes, it gets this reaction, and it is a really fun tournament. Does it get that reaction because it only happens once every two years? Or is it just the because it's USA versus Europe that that's what brings out this kind of festive atmosphere? I don't, I don't understand why they can't replicate the same atmosphere at every single golf tournament. Well, I think you hit on it, though. The, I think it's all those factors. I think it's the team play, the different format. The they don't do it every, but every two years, the you know the crowds get more rowdy. I think all of those factors combine to make it an event that a bunch of people who otherwise wouldn't watch golf get behind. Um, I I mean I, I don't think if you had this format. It would work to make golf more exciting for every single tournament because then it would just become commonplace and then it would just fall into, well, that's golf. I mean, there are some things that I think maybe you could take from it, like the team thing. I think maybe you could use that to that's yeah to do things a little bit differently at some of these tournaments, maybe make the team aspect more prominent. I was thinking they should adopt the team model altogether and take all the professional yeah, golfers, mean, have a draft, and there's however many teams, and you, you know you're you're hosting one of the tournaments. So that's your home match. That and it's here's why I think the team element is so important. Right now, with how golf is, if you're a fan of the sport, you may have the guy you cheer for, and then everybody else you're indifferent about. Yes. Like, there's not a true villain in golf. There's never that guy that you're like, oh, I really fucking hate him. Well, it's, it's always like... it's a gentleman's sport, too. Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, taught not to really right. root against anybody. You exactly. Root it's for like, root your for guy. your person against no one. But I think if you make it a team sport, like, that Rory McIlroy became against. that villain. Yeah. He was, like, taunting the crowd. Like, he hit a putt and did, like, the Hulk Hogan hand of the ear, like, making talking shit to the crowd (laughs) that's the type if you can develop that team thing uh then you're not only watching to watch your team do well but you're also watching hoping the other team does poorly true and now you're tuning in more often like oh fuck good i hope rory mcelroy fucking shanks this one yeah Yeah, in your face you british bastard (laughs) he's irish northern irish northern irish so it's it doesn't you messed that up man he's from northern (laughs) ireland they're owned by britain 
And don't get owned, me off on like that. Slaves? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to clarify that. I my idea would be to take golf, split them up into teams, split the current professionals up into teams where it's match play throughout the year. Leave the majors as individual stroke play tournaments mm-hmm. like they are. So the Masters, PGA Championship, British Open, US Open. Yeah. Those almost become then your all-star games. Yeah. And then you've got an entire season of shit-talking, rowdy fans, people having fun, rather than stuffy, old white guys that are like, hey, keep it down. He's yeah. No, I mean, I think you're on to something, and I definitely agree that those things probably would help, but I don't know if it would have long-term. Like, I think in the short term, everybody would check it out because it would be new, different. I don't know if it holds up long term because a lot of the people who watch golf are just you know old heads and you know they like, like they're gonna so maybe, die soon yeah it's like we talked about in the baseball I know, with episode baseball, they're so dying maybe they need soon to, maybe they need a brace change and all that other stuff but yeah i mean i, I think you're on to something especially with the villain aspect I like that we just said embrace change in the sport that hasn't changed in what 900 years, years. Yeah. <laughs> like jesus played golf this way <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're on something, though, with the whole uh, villain thing, because Tiger was the hero and then fell to become the villain, yeah. and people were watching golf in droves, both during his highest of heights, because everybody loved Tiger, and then, you know, once he started falling off, people were tuning in, one, to see if he could still recapture that, but two, the, you know, the Tiger haters, you know, were tuning in to, yeah, see, you know, yeah. he was never that great, and here's his downfall, so they were tuning So I do think that maybe golf needs that aspect, and I don't know if teams would help that out, but I, I like I think it. I think it would it. in a way because you're almost leveling the field a little bit. Like yeah. If you have somebody as dominant as Tiger was back in those times when he was winning every major, it seemed like, and he was winning every tournament, and it was like, all right, it's Tiger, and then way down here is the rest of golf. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, somebody would come up and challenge him, and that was it. But it was never. It was always like Tiger way above everybody else. But if it's a team thing, it's just like what. USA did in this Ryder Cup. They there were there weren't any superstars per se, so it kind of brought those superstars back down to the pack a little bit because they yes. don't have that same impact that they do in a four day tournament. It's all right. I just have my matches that I'm. Those are my points, and my team has well, to pick up everything else. Yeah, then it becomes you know like the old saying: you're only as strong as the yeah. rest of the links in the chain. So no matter how dominant of a player would be on any one team they're only as good as the rest of their team so yeah i mean that definitely i think it'd be it'd be so awesome to watch that week I, in and week out it'd be I, way I more fun i can't disagree with how it would work i just i'm curious if you know you have enough people interested in golf on a just like basic level like me i f- consider myself like a basic golf watcher i yeah. you know i would tune in during tigers like, i occasionally tune in now much less than when tiger was you know at his height but still you know we'll tune in for a little bit of the Ryder cup and keep it moving or whatever and if there's close matches at some of these masters you know tune in to see things like that but I do think it would be interesting to see something new just to shake things up if nothing else. Yeah, even if they do this just more throughout the year. You know, there's yeah, I was so just saying, make it more than a once every two year thing across the sport. Yeah, because the season is, is over. The golf season is over now. Yeah. Uh, but it starts up next week with. <laughs> and guess who's back? <laughs> Tiger is back. Back again. <laughs> Tiger's back. Tell a friend. 
I don't think he's going to, he's never going to be the same. I don't think he's ever going to be the same, but I, I would like to hope, and maybe this time around it is true, that he's healthy. Because at this point, you know, I don't know that he'll be able to recapture it just because he was at such an amazing height. But he hasn't been healthy any of the last right. few times that he's attempted to play. He's, he's had a lot so of hurt. he's had a lot of back problems. Yeah. And when it comes to golf, and his knee back problems are the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up watching Freddie Couples. Fred Couples was my favorite golfer growing up as a kid, and he messed up his back and was never the same. He would always be the guy that the first two days of the Masters, it was like, holy shit, Fred Couples is like <laughs> and up then he here. Where, back. And then it was like, oh, but his back sucks and he's done. So I don't think Tiger will ever be the same again. He may come up every once in a while and like give people a scare, but I don't think he'll have the stamina the last four days. I do think week in that, and week out. I do think that he'll get up for a few here and there. Where Augusta he'll definitely Yeah, I mean I don't necessarily see him winning, you know, multiple masters the rest of the way, but I could see him pulling off another one at least. Just Yeah. There, which there is, would be vintage Tiger that It's pops really up funny how it was like it, it wasn't if Tiger Woods broke Jack's his if if Tiger broke Jack's record of majors, it was when he was going to do it. Yeah. And now it's like you think he'll even tie it? Like yeah. he might not even tie it. Yeah, and it's crazy how that kind of fades off. It's amazing how injuries Things just take quick. you. Yeah, take you out of it. So that's uh, tweet us your thoughts about the Ryder Cup and uh, if switching that up would help with golf. I think it'd be really fun to see golfers talk shit to each other a little bit more. Make it more like the NFL without the flags. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that you can do to take yourself away from the NFL, though, is better because they're on the decline. How great so. would it be if Phil Mickelson hits a 30-foot birdie and then shoots a pretend bow and arrow into the crowd? <laughs> he won't get fined for it, I can tell you that much. No, but all but right. We're switching beers. Yeah, that's why I was got all, all right about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, time to, time to announce that we're switching beers. Yep, we are switching over to the Rivertown Pumpkin. Number four seed here in the tournament. Yeah, wasn't going to make it. Luckily, well, yes. there was fallouts. This did <laughs> this not didn't, make it. This only made it because of technicalities at this point. It yeah. got boosted up and then technically would have been knocked back out, but here it is, standing tall and proud Rivertown's hanging four. it. Look, sometimes there's like this magic Cinderella story that happens, and it's, hey... Somebody got recalled, and then we got called up to the show. And then it was, oh, shit, we're going to get knocked back down again because the number one seed's back. Oh, wait a second. We're still in the tournament? <laughs> Give me one shot. Hey, if this runs the gamut, we're going to hit some Luther and get this one shining moment for Rivertown. <laughs> this, is the, this is the longest it's, odds to win the tournament, but yeah. it'll deserve a one shining moment play <laughs> if it ends up winning. So you've never had this before, right? No, I have had this um, last year, I think, was my first time I had a sixer of it. So, Oh, you have had Rivertown Yes, I, okay. I've had this. I didn't have the bourbon barrel. Okay. Um, and I, But this is the first beer out of the four that we've had that I have had. So it's the only one that I come in with kind of an idea of yeah. what I'm stacking up against the other beers so i will say the one weird thing about this bottle like right off the jump they make no bones about it they call it a spiced beer yes like they're it's their pumpkin ale but it says spiced beer yes so they are cinnamon heavy on the i mean this is pumpkin pie like you put this over some ice cream or some shit Or add, I, I want to add a dollop before you bring it to it, <laughs> just to the beer, just to, just. 
But I gotta be honest, first sips pretty strong. Like normally, yes, normally, uh, and we said it last week. That first beer has an advantage because that's what the the lingering taste is. But this one, well, and this one, it, it's funny because this beer might actually be going up against its best chance for an upset. Yeah, in this first round because it tastes it, it, it's much stronger with the pumpkin flavor yeah. than the bourbon barrel. So. You get that immediate kick of, oh, wow, this is a totally different flavor than the bourbon with the muted pumpkin. I, I mean, it's definitely not the same type of beer at all. No, it's definitely heavy on the, the spice aspect of the pumpkin. Yes, there's, there's strong cinnamon notes. There's pumpkin flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't deny that, but it is, it, it's definitely more on the yeah, it cinnamon says- <laughs> it says it's brewed with pumpkin, molasses, and cinnamon with spices added. I don't even know what it just is with spices added. <laughs> All I know is that I can taste cinnamon super heavy, and then the molasses comes through pretty strong, and then the pumpkin is what like comes in third. But it yeah, it has more of a pumpkin beer flavor. It's than, almost like a pumpkin aftertaste, and yes. then like you you're getting the the spices and everything first. It, I will say, if somebody told, if somebody poured this and I just said, you know, well, what kind of beer is this? And they said, uh, this is a cinnamon brewed beer. I would just think, oh, okay, that's yeah. all I taste, basically. Right. Like it, it's the strongest note of all of them in this. It's it's pretty good though. It is. I mean, it's pretty I'm, solid. I'm getting flashes of Lehigh over Duke here. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> Uh-oh. but we'll see. I mean, this. I'm only a Uh-oh. sip in. I'm only a sip in, so we'll see how it finishes out. Um, hey, man. So I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, shorter first round playoff games for for baseball. Well, is that fair? I don't know, man. After watching the wild card games, and Alex is the one who kind of brought this to my attention. Alex Vilnov, our hockey guest, had mentioned this to me and said, you know, he, how exciting it was to watch the first round of the playoffs. He said, MOB has one thing right in that all the other sports have switched to seven-game formats and it doesn't allow – you pretty much can say the best team's going to win. Most of the time they do, and that's what the seven-game – series is designed to do allow the better team to win out because you've got more opportunities and the five game series and the first round of baseball makes it kind of interesting because the first thing all cub fans thought when (laughs) Bumgarner pitched the giants into the you know next round after the first day of the playoffs was oh shit if we don't win the first two games, we're going to have to see Bumgarner in game three. We could be looking at a 2-1 deficit here really quickly. It almost makes the first two games must-win games because it's a five-game series. Right. And if Bumgarner shows up for that third game and he's looking at a 1-1 tie, you give him in the you give him the edge in that matchup, all of a sudden the favorite team is down 2-1, to one, and they're one game away from elimination. Do I think it's fair? No. I think it's kind of shitty because while it's exciting, you have the... Here's the problem. If you're going to have a 162-game season and you're going to put a whole lot of weight in the fact that whoever comes out of that as the number one seed you know, doesn't have to play in that playoff game, that one-game playoff, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But after 162 games, you would figure there would be more benefit 
to finishing in first overall than, oh, you get to play the team that had to play the one-game playoff to get in. So really all you have to worry about is the fact that they burned their number one. What if you get a team that kind of struggled, but they've got you know two aces or two two guys that people consider aces and they can throw that first guy. And then the second game they're starting that other guy. And it's as if there is no benefit. Yeah. They come in and then, you know, it's a regular series. I just feel like there needs to be some type of benefit. And I don't know if it means taking away the excitement of that five game series to make it seven or doing something that helps out that first team. Like, I don't think it's fair. I know it's exciting, and it makes for a more compelling storyline, but it seems kind of shitty that after 162 games, all you have to show for it is the five-game series. I think you're right. It's definitely the five-game series is... It puts an advantage on whoever has the best two pitchers. Yes. Like, if you've got two guys... Because you can can throw somebody on short rest, Mm -hmm. and... That may not be well, really. It's whoever not has work the, on a seven game series. It's whoever has the best guy. Because in this case, when you're looking at the Cubs and the Giants, Madison Bumgarner is head and shoulders above everybody on both rotations. And having that one guy who you know is going to be almost a guaranteed win, you pretty much pencil in the W, means that if you're the Cubs, you come in and you're thinking, all right, well he's been going to pitch game three. And if they bring him back on short rest, he can pitch game five. So that's already two wins potentially, even with them coming back on short rest, that you're already like down. But that means that puts the pressure on you to win those first two games. Right. So then you maybe only see him once and you can win game four. But that's that's a lot to deal with when you're you know the favorite team. You, you won the 162-game marathon. Like There should be something more beneficial to you. I don't know yeah. how you reconcile that. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough call when you're only talking about a five game series, right? Cause anything can happen in those shorter series. And I get it. It does make it more exciting. And Alex, who, you know, at this point is a casual baseball fan, you know, he's talking about it. He's, into it because of nice. this potential <laughs> upset. So, I mean, it works from that aspect. I mean... Well, if I'm the Cubs, I'm more worried about the fact that it's an even year and you're playing the Giants. And that, again, but the, that's, again, that's another thing. I mean, it may just that's be That's what I'm more worried about. superstitious thing, and the Cubs know all about superstition. Really? But, they do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Are they a superstitious team? No. <laughs> they don't know anything about it. But... I mean, that's just one of those things where you're just like, man, this kind of sucks. Like, even though we feel good about being the number one seed coming in, now we have to deal with this team that already has championships under their belt. They have won these, they have this weird even year streak going, and they've got the best pitcher and, you know, possibly all of the playoffs, and we might have to see him twice during this series. That sucks. That's really shitty. Yeah, that sucks. It's really shitty. It's really shitty. But I, I don't know how to fix it at this point. I don't either. And well, I, baseball I don't has think... so many other problems that we've discussed before right. that this is probably way down yeah, it's on the low list on the, of It's like, low on the list. I'm not advocating adding changing this to seven games or doing anything drastic to like fix this because it's fine the way it is. I just overall, and after plenty of years of watching the Braves finish with the best record <laughs> and then go into that first round, now, they handled their first rounds pretty well. They didn't get eliminated too often in the first round. They <laughs> they like to get to the one that they're supposed to have the advantage in, yeah. in the seven-game you know, NLCS game or series, and then lose. 
But there were a couple times when they lost in the divisional series. And at the time, I guess I didn't really think much about how much of a non-advantage it was to have finished with the best record. But now that I'm removed from that and looking at it from these other teams' aspect, I'm like, man, that does really suck. It's you, awful. You, it's you awful. win all these games. You win 100-some games or whatever you're at the Cubs or you know whatever it is to get that number one seed, and there's really no benefit to it at all. Yeah. A team yeah. that just barely got in on the last day can just come in and knock you off. But that's always been my argument with playoffs in general. Playoffs don't show who the best team is. It just shows who's hot at the end at of the, the season. At the time, yeah. So it's, or who can get the hottest right. at that time. It, or who has the best starting pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> who's got that number one? Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, I, I mean, you're only as good as that guy on the mound. I mean, if playoffs. you think about it, though, if you take that a step further, if you've got an amazing ace and then a really solid number two, that gives you a huge advantage in a seven-game series. Yes. Because it's the same thing just with two pitchers now instead of one. So well, it's kind of funny we're having this conversation always, and then you think about the Toronto series and Toronto comes in as the team right. who was supposed it's, to have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Texas is, well, no, I guess this kind of proves our point. No, it, this is supposed to be what's-his-name and the Asian guy were supposed to <laughs> notch up. That was supposed to be two wins for Texas, guaranteed. Yeah. They're, all they have and to they do is win right. one but more. Texas was waiting for Toronto. So, yeah. so we're talking about the Giants moving into right. you know, the Cubs waiting. And so uh, Texas is more or less just completely fucked it up. Like, yeah. Because I don't think that Toronto's starting staff is better. Their offense has just gone bonkers, which is weird yeah, this time of year. They knocked around Cole Hamels. They knocked around you, Darvish. That actually is not what usually happens no. in the playoffs. Pitching wins, and if you just looked at the matchups, you're like, oh, Texas has got a clear. It was gonna, I was thinking Texas in four. Yeah. I thought maybe the Blue Jays would win the first one back at home and then go on uh, and then in the game forward that was it. The yeah. magic ran out, but nope. Looks Texas like they now might has sweep. Yeah. <laughs> Texas is in some deep shit. And I know Brian Berkland doesn't like to see that. Um before we get into our Miss Cleo picks, you read an interesting story this week about Minnesota Vikings great Adrian Peterson. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, so and I never thought about it until I saw this story, but it, it dawned on me while I was reading this that uh, Adrian Peterson is from Texas. Yes. And you figure if you're from Texas, you grow up in Texas, that you know the biggest school in Texas is Texas, the Longhorns. It's, that's and it. That it's Especially much, at the time that Adrian Peterson was there. Yeah. Like, now you can argue, all right, A&M is... Yeah, there's like the tons SEC of choices has, now yeah. in, in the last like decade where it's flipped and so where it's like, eh, you know, even Baylor before the whole Art Browse right. thing happened. Like, there were a lot of teams that were starting to pull guys from just dominant... You know, Texas is going to get anybody who's born in Texas who's worth a damn on football. Right. Well, yeah, he grew up at a time when... Your birthright, if you you were good enough, was just to walk right into Texas and start. But apparently, when Mac Brown was still the coach and he ended up at Oklahoma, here's two things I didn't know. One, that he was the number one recruit in the nation, because I don't follow recruiting. So I had yeah. no idea that Adrian Peterson was the number one recruit in the nation. You could probably guess that based on how he's performed in both his college right, career and yeah. NFL career. Hindsight, it's like, well, of course he was. Yeah, of course he was the number one. Yeah. But I did not know that he was the number one. The other thing that I did not know is that he basically, you know, had resigned himself to go to Texas. And you figure there would have been some type of push and pull like you know he was torn because 
to end up at the rival of Texas at Oklahoma, yeah, you would have to figure that it wasn't an easy decision if you grew up a Texas boy. Yeah. But sure enough, he went to Oklahoma. And why? Because when he met with Mac Brown, one, he was like the Mac Brown was the third school to offer him a scholarship, which okay, no big deal. You know, you're like, all right, you know, maybe they maybe they didn't think they were in much of a rush because he's a Texas kid and they figured they had him. Okay, so yeah. you've, you you kind of brush that aside. Well, then when Adrian Peterson sits down with Mac Brown, he just lays it out there and says, "Can I read the quote? Yeah, Can I read the quote. No, go ahead. So I don't fuck it up. Here's the quote: Hey, coach, I grew up here in Texas. Grew up watching the Longhorns. My uncle played here." I remember sitting out here and telling myself that, hey, one day I'll come here and play, and now I have that opportunity. I just want to ask you one thing. If I come here, will I have the opportunity to compete for the starting running back position? That was his question. That is basically a recruit giving you a silver platter saying, hey, I'm coach, yours. this is me. All I want to know is, do I have a shot? What that? And he's essentially saying, I'm yours. Give me a reason why I shouldn't. Yep. Come here. Yep, That's absolutely. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Like, give me a reason that I should not be a commit today. Yep, because well, signed, sealed, and delivered. All you got to do is tell me what I want to hear right now, and I'm coming to your school. Well, Mac managed to tell him something wrong. Got to love Mac Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's sitting at ESPN now and not still coaching Texas. <laughs> Mac said, well, Adrian, here's the thing. Cedric Benson, he's coming back for his senior year. So we're going to be loyal to him and let him finish out because he's coming back. Once he's gone, then, yeah, we'll open the doors and let you compete for it. Adrian Peterson said, okay. And then he went on to say, I remember leaving that meeting and remember crossing Texas out, which I never thought I'd do. We talk about coach speak. And like if you listen to these press conferences, it's all the same bullshit where coaches answer a question without actually answering a question. And all they say is like the same normal soundbite. All Mac Brown had to say in that situation is, Adrian, every position's up to compete. And when you're a senior and you're coming back for your senior year, I want you to work just as hard because your position is never guaranteed. That's all he had to say, and Adrian Peterson plays for Texas. (laughs) That's it. How different history looks. Bob Stoops probably wouldn't be the coach at Oklahoma still. No, because... They would have never – did they win the national cha- – or were they in that national championship game? I think they game? were was they, in they were, it with Adrian, yeah. Well, and they also they also did lose that game against uh, Boise State while Adrian Peterson was there. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. But they, they were in the national championship game. I think game. so. Okay, that but if definitely for a If you don't have Adrian Peterson, Bob Stoops is Bob Stoops struggling. didn't make – yeah, well, he didn't make it to the national championship game. Right. And he probably doesn't even make it to that game against Boise State because right. who knows. You know, who's to say maybe they found somebody else or somebody else goes there because Adrian Peterson's in there, blah, 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 blah. But the the thing is, Adrian Peterson would have been there at Texas. What was that right after Vince Young? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was close to that same time frame. Yeah, I mean, like, Mac Texas, Brown probably Texas could still. Be dynasty at yeah, this point. Yeah, Mike Brown probably still. They probably win another national championship with Adrian Peterson, I would guess. I would, I would have to guess. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. you know, long limb, but, uh, you know. My guess is that they would have won, and here we are talking about how all it took was Mac Brown having loyalty, which on one hand you is can't honorable. Fault him. Yeah, you can't yeah, fault him for honorable. saying he's our, he's coming back for a senior time, year. He could have just went ahead and just given a company line, just hey, yep. every comp, every practice is competition. Every single player on that field every, yeah, competes. You're competing for your job every single snap. You're just every like rep, you're every competing other for your player job. on that Boom. field. That does it. 
Every rep, you're competing for your job. That line right there, Adrian Peterson. And it wouldn't have been a lie. No, it wouldn't have been anything that you know. Even if he, in his mind he had already made up that said Cedric Benson was going to play no matter what, he could have just said, "Yeah, just said you compete on every play, and you'll be you'll be the starting. You go out there, you give it your all every rep in practice. We'll see what happens." <laughs> Longhorn, Adrian Peterson is hook'em horns. That's fucking crazy to me. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about uh, how awful I am at picking games? You're pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> Let's recap last week's Miss Cleo picks. Uh, I had West Virginia over Kansas State, which was a win. I, barely. Uh, it, it barely I know, I know, I know. The this Mountaineers, and, hand Mountaineers and, his, and my awesome beard uh, <laughs> led me to the win there. Uh, you had Miami over Georgia Tech. That was a win. Uh, went out on a limb on that one and went with Miami over Georgia Tech. Good call. Uh, but it's a win. I can't fault you for it. <laughs> you called it. You son of a bitch. You also went out on a limb and called the Cowboys over the 49ers. Hey, Ooh. I picked against my own team, asshole. You did pick against your own yeah. team. but uh, that, I scored bonus points for that. <laughs> no bonus points. <laughs> you don't need any bonus points because I, like an idiot... Pick the Browns over the Redskins. As stupid as it is for me to pick against my own team, it's infinitely more stupid for you to pick the Browns ever. All right, here's the point with that. I The reason why I went with the Browns is because I figured the Redskins were going to win. I was like, the Redskins are going to win this game. But then I got in my own head because I'm terrible at picking games. And I was like, well, wait a second. I think the Redskins are going to win. The Browns are going to fuck up and win this well, game. Well, that's the thing. If you play back what I said last week, I did say... That that would be the game that the Browns win because the Browns yeah. aren't going to go winless and they're going to pick some game. It'll be nobody's ever going to pick the Browns to win, and obviously they're going to win one, and it's going to be one where people say, "Oh man, I never saw that coming." Yeah, like because that's just how the Browns operate. They're going to win a game that they have no business winning. So it wasn't the worst pick in the world, but it was the worst pick <sighs> in the was world. A bad pick. <laughs> I also I also was coming off two straight weeks of picking against fans' teams. Like, people who listen to the show, I picked against their team two weeks in a row and heard about it, so I was like, fine. You know what? I know there's fans of the Browns on this show. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Browns for Shout you out guys. Shout <sighs> I fucked that one up. I'm sorry. He so. fucked it up for y'all. <laughs> uh, speaking of, before we get into our picks for this week. So wait, what does that put our records at? Uh, records now stand. I am at three and five. You were at five and three. And so. uh, Glenn did uh, suggest, him and his wife suggested a uh, a bet yeah? Uh, thing. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I was going to go oh, to. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Simpatico. Um, they said that um, the loser... Be it me or you, if I lose, I have to dress up like Lionel Richie, which they have a long-running <laughs> joke that I look like Lionel Richie, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and if you lose, you have to dress up like David Bowie, all wow. makeup included. Makeup included, oh. Yeah, wow. which I was just like, oh, wait, so he's going to wear makeup if he loses, and I just have to dress <laughs> up like... Yeah, you just have to... That's yeah. not, I don't like, like There's no makeup involved much. for yeah. me. <laughs> That's totally shitty, completely for you. Yeah, and I'm like, and oh, I'm I don't already know what down. Yeah, like you're just gonna wear clothes and yeah. like a, an afro and wig. sing about like Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, our good buddy Joe came on. <laughs> he tweeted us as we started recording tonight. I saw that. That it tweet came come through, through, and he was like. I hope I'm not too late to miss being in the podcast with these gems. He's like taking notes on his phone. That's <laughs> so he's into. This. I love the dedication. Yeah, 
Here's his suggestions for this week. Uh, winner gets to rip a wax strip off of the loser's hairiest body part. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's really good. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shit. I think I might have to shave my balls before I. I was just gonna say, oh my god, the hairiest body part. Because <laughs> I don't want that's dangerous. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna uh, my asshole's clean. I don't. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went substantially lower after the wax strip. He went to pie to the face. Always a, a fan favorite. Kick to the groin. <laughs> No. Uh, I may want to have one. kids again. Yeah, I, now I'm going to eliminate that one. I, I, <laughs> I enjoy the old football to the groin Simpsons <laughs> episode, but I don't actually want to take a foot to the groin. Yeah, he also said the winner picks the tattoo for the loser, and the loser has to put it on their ass. So, <sighs> See, that costs money, though. And that's permanent. Like, yeah. That's rough. That's I'm not too sure on that one. I and I have tattoos. I so I'm do I. Fine with you yeah. know having something that's that's just that, that's a lot. That's a, that is a lot. Yeah. I, I I like the pie to the face though. I like this one though. Uh-oh. Winner gets to do their favorite wrestling move, whether that's the stunner, the people's elbow, the RKO, pile driver, whatever, on the loser. Yeah, but that's contingent on being able to actually perform said move. And what are we going to do? Set up a mattress so that we don't get hurt? <laughs> I, I'm not going to rock bottom you onto the cement floor. That doesn't make for good radio moving forward. Oh, hey, so this was our last show for the next two Mike's, months because Mike's going to be in recovery. Mike's concussed. <laughs> I just rock bottom him and I think he's bleeding out. Uh, see you guys next week. Maybe. Like, it's good in theory. I mean, we do, like, a Facebook Live video of one of us, like, getting put in a sharpshooter or something. Oh, shit, he just DDT'd him. (laughs) And there's blood everywhere. (laughs) He's not waking up. We might have just killed his co-host. Follow us on at Crafty Sports. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next week to see if we have a show. Uh, One of us might be arrested. The wax strip, though, adds... That's no, legit. I think I, I think the wax strip and the pie to the face; those are two like conceivable things yeah. that won't you know cause too much too much damage or death. permanent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I no, I think those are two good ones. Those are those pie, are definitely in the running. I, I got to be honest; I'm not dressing up like David Bowie unless it's David Bowie from the Labyrinth, where he's got like. Like he was wearing a cup or something and had like that the movie huge scared bulge. Me as a child. Dude, that was a great movie. No, it was, but great it scared movie. me as a child. Well, there were just a lot of there's things. There's a lot going of things on. about David Bowie that's scary. No, so. he wasn't even the scariest part. It was the other Muppets and shit that were in it. <laughs> it was just weird. But no, uh, yeah, weird. I would take a pie to the face or gladly give you a pie to the face and the. The, the ripping off the wax good. strip, yeah. Although that I say would we should really straight funny. just go like forty-year-old virgin and do you know a chest because you say hairiest part of your body, like technically, isn't that always going to be the head? I don't have much hair on my chest. I'm Irish. Yeah, I've got like a few. Woman. Yeah, I mean, I've got like hairy arms, but I don't have a hairy chest. Like it's Jesus. all arms, and then it stops at my shoulders, and then my nipples are hairy. <laughs> well then there you go that's what I'm I saying I let Harry's you wax my just, nipples no, well son of a bitch then don't oh, lose damn it alright yeah. well let's okay, get well, into let's, the picks. It, hey I was gonna say maybe we should put it out to a vote we might have to put it out to a Pie vote to but, the face but judging on our record nipples. of the October beer uh, October pumpkin beer fest tournament, oh yeah I know we won't be able to find wax yeah. strips or <laughs> we couldn't find a pie in the tri-state <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> 
We were going to wax, but uh, all the wax has been recalled, so we're going to go with the pie in the face. We can't find a pie, but hey, we found some candles. We're going to melt down and make somebody cry. All right, Scott. We're gonna <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're going to get into the picks. You are leading in the standings 5-3 uh, to 3-5, and five, so you get to lead us off to your first pick. Let's go college. Start it off. All right. Well, I'm uh, looking into the ball here and uh, channeling Miss Cleo. And, uh, well, well, this is odd. Either I'm channeling the late Michael Jackson's personal spank bank, or um, <laughs> there's something wrong with the ball. Because uh, I'm seeing a bunch of children, and they're playing with fire? Why is Michael Jackson thinking about children playing with fire to jerk off? He's just thinking about children, dude. <laughs> Stick with me. Jesus. Look at the ball. The ball is dictating. I don't know. Ask Miss Cleo. Either way. And they keep putting their hands over the fire and then pulling it back just in time not to get burned. And oh. Wait, here comes a bigger kid. Look at this dipshit. He's putting his hand right in the fire. He, he's voluntarily sticking his hand in the fire. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> ah, I get it now, though. This, this is making more sense if I uh, really break it down and think about it. Because the volunteers, they've been playing with fire for weeks. Oh. And it's finally time for them to get burned. That's right. No more last-minute comebacks. Number eight, Texas A&M, is going to hand number nine, Tennessee, their first loss of the season, and they're going to stay undefeated by the score of 24 to 17. It's going tough with this Interesting. one. Interesting. Eight an, versus nine, eight verse nine in, in the, the SEC. SEC. That's, that's a tough doesn't get much tougher than that one. I'm going to go slightly easier. We're going to go to the ACC. All right. We're, I'm feeling ACC here, so I am. Um, let me shake up the ball. I'm going to shake up the ball this Get time. Get rid of Michael Jackson's bang bang. Yeah, I don't want to think no. about Michael Jackson's bang bang. <laughs> um, all right, I'm looking in the ball, and I see myself walking around a field. I don't know where where I am. All I hear is like a, that, that turkey gobble sound from the South Park video game. You remember that sound? Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> uh, that's all I hear. <laughs> it's getting louder and louder, and I don't know. Dude, if you look right now, there's a ton of turkeys heading this way. They're going to trample me to death on this field. Wait a second. They stopped. They just stopped dead in their tracks. It looks like they got stuck in something. It looks like it's tar. I get it now. It's the Tar Heels. The Tar Heels of North Carolina are going to stop Virginia Tech in their tracks. 28-7. Tar Heels. Michael Jordan. Yep. Well, there you go. He's That's for you. Pick. That's why I shook up the ball. <laughs> <laughs> See, when that's you shake up the ball, you get better results. Virginia Tech, whenever... I'm glad this is at North Carolina, because that fucking turkey gobble at Virginia Tech is the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. It is pretty stupid. They play, like, it's really annoying to hear the Panthers play that at their games. Oh. The, the Panther... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Virginia Tech is like, we're going to scare the fuck out of them. Cue the turkey gobble. <laughs> <laughs> That is annoying as shit. So stupid. Anyway, moving on to the NFL, and uh, as I shake up the ball here and get things uh, <laughs> clear, I, I, oh well, check this out. We're at Lambeau Field. All right, but it's completely covered in water for some reason. Looks mm. like it's gonna. I guess it's gonna be a rainy day for the Packers Giants. Okay, look forward to a rain game, but. Um, the only thing, Mike, is that the skies are crystal clear and there doesn't seem to be any umbrellas or ponchos or anything out That's there weird. for the fans. Uh, super weird. 
Hmm. But uh, things are becoming clear. Ah, there. I, I see it. There it is. The source of the water is coming from the Giants' sidelines. And all of the Giants, including Eli, have uh, boots on to wade through the water. <laughs> Damn near flooding out there, though. It's ankle deep. And yep, ah, I see the source. It's Odell Beckham Jr. He's ODB? crying all those tears. All those tears he's been crying all week. All the, I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> Which is exactly how I envisioned him this week as he crosses arms and pouted. But he's crying out on the field and flooding it. And, well, when I look at the scoreboard, I can see why. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're winning 21. Well, 31, rather, to the Giants, 21 good pick it's a good pick i'm gonna look into this uh chris bell let me give it a shake here no more no more michael jackson i see a game in <laughs> no this more tears <laughs> i see a game in this one that's teetering on getting out of control by halftime it's a little a little rough in this first half one team's trying to prove that they're for real there's a lot of question marks around them the other one they're just holding on for dear life it's coming more clear it looks like this is referring to Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans. Uh, since JJ's back is out of commission, Vince Wilfork, he tried to step up and put the team on his gigantic back. He even resorted to some interesting tactics during this game to try to throw off Bradford and the Vikings, including when he drew a 15-yard penalty for a late hit when he did a Yokozuna splash after a sack. <laughs> and, uh, he also busted out his famous overalls from the Texan seasons of Hard Knocks on the sidelines. I just hope his wife doesn't show up. <laughs> She's gross. <laughs> uh, yep, that's true. But, uh, all of those antics, that's for uh, it's all for naught because the Vikings stay undefeated this week and they beat the Texans 35-21. little bonus addition here, Will Fuller. Notre Dame boy gets a garbage time touchdown to make it seem like a better game than what it actually is. That's not Michael Jackson's spank bank. It's Mike Berlon's spank bank. Former Notre Dame Irish all over the field. It's a garbage time touchdown. It's nothing to be excited about. That won't stop you. Probably not. (laughs) Wow! Was much better than the audio on that one. Holy shit. I don't want anybody to know how I'm able to make that sound effect. <laughs> Safe to say his dick was not out. Thank God. Nope, no dicks out for Harambe on that one. <laughs> shit. All right, let's wrap things up. Uh, we man. are off the rails, man. Yeah, this Consumer is or canon. Let's uh, let's do that. Um, wow, this is big again. This is the second time the consumer canon actually means something. I think I went first last. It always week. means something. This just means a little bit more. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I went first last week, so I'm gonna throw it over to you first for consumer canon. We have Altex Lexington's Brewing. Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale versus versus Rivertown's Pumpkin Ale. And we discussed it. The Pumpkin Barrel Ale is not a bad pumpkin beer. It's just not a great pumpkin beer. And I gotta say that coming in, I think I told you last week off the air that 
it was going to be an uphill battle for Rivertown because I wasn't that impressed with it when I had it originally. It just, you know, it kind of tastes like it had a lot of cinnamon and that was that. But when you're talking about pumpkin flavor and you're looking for a brew that tastes more like pumpkin, I got to go Rivertown in this one. The four, the four over upsets the one. Upsets the one in this matchup for me. What do you got, Mike? Well, now we talked about before this tournament started about what happens if we have a disagreement. What is the tiebreaker? We, I think we decided on higher ABV. We did. Decides the winner. We don't need to worry about this week. We got Rivertown coming out over. No snap! Rivertown win. Um, what are your reasons, though? I don't know if it was a bad batch, and it. I mean, let's let's put it all out there. Yes. This beer was recalled. Like, yeah. According to Alltech Lexington's brewery, they said it's not up to our standards. Yes. And after tasting that, I can kind of understand why. Uh, it just didn't have the same flavor that I've I've experienced in the past. I think Rivertown makes a great pumpkin ale. Um, it is definitely more spice driven. It's more pumpkin pie style, but it's more reminiscent of pumpkin than other than in this matchup. It, this oh, would be sure. closer to pumpkin than uh, than the Kentucky pumpkin barrel. Easily. So disappointingly. Uh, that's that's how I would describe my experience with the Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. Now, I will say, off year. They admitted to it. They said it wasn't up to their standards, so I'm not going to write them off as, hey, I'm never going to have this pumpkin beer again. Next year, I'll probably give them a shot uh, and, and see if it's any better. But Well, and on the list of pumpkin beers, there's still ranks up there. Yeah. I mean, we, we narrowed it out of the eight beers we had to choose from. Overwhelmingly, yeah, this was one of the you know top four beers, and it ran away with the votes. So people enjoy this beer. I'm not going to write it off, even though it's my first time having it, because there was the recall, and I feel like it's still a good pumpkin ale. It's just if somebody asked me, "Hey, what do you look for in a pumpkin beer?" It doesn't offer. Yeah, what I'm not really yeah, looking for. There. Like, it's more of a beer that is just it kind of stands on its own, and it just happens to have it happens to fall in the pumpkin beer right. category. So, you know, it's a good beer, not a great beer. We'll see how it does and against not what you're looking for. Yeah, we'll see how it does against Dogfish Head next week in the yeah. losers bracket the to loser see who comes in third place. Week. Yeah, uh, but because I think those two beers compare as far as I don't want to say disappointment, but. <laughs> They, no, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good they, way to put it. They, they're comparable in that you know they they don't come out as strong with the pumpkin flavor yeah. as I would like. So that means we have an all Ohio final. We have Cincinnati versus Cleveland. Oh, Rivertown, Rivertown versus Fatheads. Ooh, the Spooky Tooth. Yeah, Spooky Tooth has, and I got to be honest, Spooky Tooth better bring it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, no, it's. These it's two gonna beers, be a good matchup. I was gonna say these it's two be beers a tough are pick. very. It'll be interesting to do. Since Spooky Tooth is the higher seed, yeah, it'd be interesting to do that and then hit it with the pumpkin yeah. because I feel like maybe pumpkin will have the uh, have the edge because it definitely did in this one. Yeah, like I, I, it benefited from coming second. Absolutely, yeah, I would agree. Whereas with that. last week, I thought it. Yeah, it hurt. It hurt. Dogfish had big did. time being second. Um, let's do this. We haven't done this in a while, but uh, consumer can it? We'll do the uh, one of the topics from the show. Golf is better as a team sport. 
we went into depth on that whole thing during our golf conversation, and I'm going to go ahead and say consume. Yep. Because I, it's something different. I think it could um, change the way the average viewer watches golf. And like I said, if nothing else, it adds this new dynamic so the casual fan could say, hey, let's see what this is all about. I don't know that it would have longevity, I, you know, and I don't know how many classic traditional golfers would tune, turn away from golf because of it, but it's worth a shot. I definitely think that it's worth trying because all I'm the things you too. laid out earlier yeah. in the show. I'm consuming it too. I would love to see like the Ohio golf team go up against the Florida golf team in a match. I think it'd be awesome. So I'm consuming it too. Uh, so that's been Consumer Can It, brought to you by us. That's what... Uh, cons- <laughs> There's no sponsor. If somebody wants to sponsor that, they can. Because yeah, brought to you proudly by US. Yeah, by- <laughs> uh, so this has been another episode of Craft Root Sports. This has been a really fun one, man. We, we touched we, on a lot. lot. This is a jam-packed episode. From Ryder Cup to Holly Berry to... <laughs> Michael Jackson's wet dreams. I we've been all over the place. <laughs> to God. me, wearing a cod piece like David Bowie in, wow. <laughs> in <Woo>! Labyrinth. <laughs> a lot this of stuff. Is, this has been Craft Roots. The description for this one's gonna be. It's gonna be really fucking weird. I may just say, listen at your own risk. That may be the only <laughs> intro for the show. And we had the upset. The big upset. Big upset this week. Uh, Four topples a one. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who comes in number three between Kentucky uh, Pumpkin Barrel and Dogfish Head Punk. Uh, those are matching up next week. This has been Craft Root Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Craft B Sports. You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore Junior. Follow me at Mike Burlon. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, you can shoot us an email, whatever. Keep the ideas coming. Joe's coming up with some good ones, and thank you to Glenn and his wife, too. Uh, some, some good ideas <laughs> coming in. We'll figure out what we're going to do for these Miss Cleo picks. we got a long time to go on that, so keep the ideas coming because... I like talking about them. It's really fun to think <laughs> about them, too. Uh, so this has been Craft Root Sports. Cheers, everybody. We out! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.